Good evening. Currently, just before Purim, which, as you well know, Purim leads up to Pesach. So we are just coming up to Pesach too. And I said at the end of the last year that we'll discuss a very difficult subject relevant to Hilchus Brochus and relevant to Pesach too. And that's the subject of Shiurim, the size of a Kazais, the size of a Kabetza, the size of how much one needs to eat, how much food does one need to eat in, to enable one to make a brocha, a brocha rishayna, how much one needs to eat to make a brocha achreina, how much one needs to eat in order to be able to wash, um, how much matzah does one need to eat on the night of Pesach, how much wine does one need to drink on the night of Pesach, how much wine do you need to have in a cup when you make Kiddush on a Shabbos? These are things that are relevant to us every single week, regularly. They're re- re- regularly relevant, but yeah, they're extremely complicated. And they're complicated because they are fraught with differences of opinion, enormous differences of opinion in regards to how to work out and how to ascertain what the right size of any of these types of foods are. So I'm going to give you a bit of a background. It's quite complicated. I'm going to go slowly. And if we don't get through it all tonight, it doesn't matter. We'll definitely get through the bits which are relevant for Pesach. I don't want to go too long tonight because it's Erev Purim and everybody's busy getting their Shlachmonis and uh, whatever else you have to get ready for Purim and Pesach. So I don't want to stretch on for too long. But... Let me give you a bit of a background. The, the halacha starts with regards to Hilchas Brochus in the sense that the halacha tells us that when a person is eating a food, you need to have a brocha. You need to say a brocha before one eats the food. There, there's no limit to the amount of food one needs to eat. Even a, the smallest amount of food, as long as it's able to be eaten, then it needs to be preceded with a brocha. It may need to be preceded with a brocha because we say that any benefit from this world needs to have a bracha, and even its minutest benefit needs to have a bracha, or perhaps for a different reason, as we'll see in the Rishonim, that really you only need to make a bracha on a kezais. Anything less than a kezais doesn't really need to have a bracha. And the proof of that is that the bracha achroina of any food cannot be made unless you've eaten a kezais. Unless you've eaten the kezais of that bracha achreina, of that food, you cannot make a bracha achreina. So if you can't make a bracha achreina unless you eat a kezais, it should follow that you can't make a bracha rishaina. You can't make the first bracha unless you eat a kezais too. But Chazal were worried, says Taisus, that if we allow you to eat even less than a kezais without a bracha, you could inadvertently so easily come to eat a kezais and then you'll be transgressing eating a kezais without a bracha. So therefore Chazal instituted a bracha on a bracha is shown on any food, even less than a kezais. So practically speaking, any type of food that you're going to eat, a kezais, less than a kezais, will always need, and you'll always be required to make a bracha is whether it's a bracha of hamotzi, whether it's a bracha of muzainos, whether it's a bracha of ha'etz, hadoma, shahakal, it makes no difference, less than a kezais, you still need to make a bracha is However, bracha achreina only needs to be made when you eat a kezais. If you eat less than a kezais of bread, you do not need to make a bracha achreina. So less than a kezais of bread, you will not say bichas amazon. Less than a kezais of cake, you will not say alamichyo. Less than a kezais of fruit, you will make a bracha of alo eitz or bar in the 
you must eat a kezais. Question therefore is, what is a kezais? What is the shear of a kezais? Now I'm going to give you a bit of a background to Hilchus Shurim, a little bit of a background to the complexity of Shurim. We won't go into huge detail, but we'll go into enough detail that you should understand. Hopefully, you'll understand what we mean when we discuss and we say the shear of a kezais is such, or the shear of a kebeitz is such, or the shear of this is that. We'll try and give you a bit of a background so you should understand where the complexities are. We find in Chazal, we find in Chazal in, in a number of places different ways of measuring items. It makes a difference what it is. Sometimes it's an item of food. It could be many different areas. But Chazal give us shiurim. They give us measurements to be able to ascertain the exact amount needed for whatever were wherever is up for discussion at the time. So, for example, we find Chazal tell us. That the amount that's needed to be considered eating is a kazais. Less than a kazais is not considered eating. We'll come back to what the amount of a kazais is in a, a bit later. But that's a, a figure given by Chazal. You need to eat a kazais. A kazais, kadei achidas pras, is the wording of Chazal. You must eat a kazais. A kazais is the amount that you need to eat in order for whatever the discussion is there. It could be hukos brachos, it could be hukos tumah, it could be many other areas. Another example we have in Chazal, Chazal tell us, that you, in the amount of a revius. Now, certain times we need to drink a revius. Leo Pesach, Kiddush, needs to be a revius, a revius of wine. It could be a revius of water. It could be whatever the situation, whichever Chazal is referring to. And Chazal tell us that a revius is measured by using fingers. If you take two fingers by two fingers at the height of one and a half fingers plus a fifth of a finger, then you have a, an amount of a revius. So there we need to understand what the size of a finger is. In another place, the Gemara tells us that the amount of, of a lug is six beitzim. The amount of revius is one and a half beitzim. So in effect, we know that two at spoil, two, two fingers by two fingers, by one and a half fingers and a fifth, equates, according to Chazal, to one and a half eggs. That's, these are measurements given by Chazal. We have to translate those measurements into practical terms, into present-day practical amounts. But that, those are the measurements given by Chazal. Why is the exact measurement of a finger is very difficult to know because many have measured a finger and this, this came to the conclusion that a finger is two and a half centimeters. We're talking here a finger, we're talking about the thumb, we're talking about the wide part of the thumb, which is, according to many, when they measured it, is two and a half centimeters. However, the measurements of two and a half centimeters don't match our size eggs, because if Chazal tell us that a revius is two fingers by two fingers by one and a half fingers, that won't come to to a one and a half eggs. It'll come to a lot more than that. Our our eggs, which are the size, the average size of an egg that we buy in a shop today, will not match the size of a two by two by one and a half fingers of two and a half centimeters. That means a displacement of one and a half eggs. If I take one and a half eggs and put it in a cup with water and measure the displacement, I will get less than a revise of two fingers by two fingers by two fingers. Others say that the width of a finger is two centimeters. And if I do the displacement of one and a half modern eggs, I will end up with a displacement of one and a half, of one and a half, of two fingers by two fingers by one and a half fingers plus a fifth when a finger is only two centimeters. So that half a centimeter makes a huge difference in the reality. So this brings us back to a very historical debate in the halachas of measurements. 
And that is, are our eggs the right size eggs or are, are our eggs the wrong size eggs? Meaning, do we say that eggs nowadays have become smaller than the eggs used to be in the time of Chazal? Is the finger width that we take, the average finger width of the average person, which seems to be two and a half centimeters, does that therefore mean that in the time of Chazal they had larger eggs? Or does it mean that our fingers have got larger? What's changed here? So the, the Tzlach, that's the Noi de Bihuda, and many, many, many Poskim after him, including the Gon and many others, seem to understand that our eggs have become smaller. Our eggs have become smaller. So if a Revius was one and a half eggs in the time of Chazal, they've become, they've halved today, and it's more or less three eggs. Three of our eggs makes a Revius, which is a phenomenally different amount of liquid. Reb Chaim No, and many, many others, many other poskim, they understand that the eggs haven't changed in size, and the eggs are exactly the same eggs. And maybe the measurement of our fingers have changed, or whatever it may be. We don't know how to measure our finger properly, but the size of the eggs is the same size egg as it was in the time of Chazal. And therefore, the difference in shear of an egg, of whenever Chazal say this is the amount of an egg, will be, according to Chaim Noah, a certain amount, according to the Tzlach and the Gon and the Chaznish, who follows in the view of the Tzlach, will be almost double. Will be almost double, because according to the Tzlach, the eggs have halved in size. Just that by way of interest, though, it doesn't have much bearing in Halacha, because when it comes to Halacha, we don't look at practicalities on the ground. We just follow what is written inside the Shulchan Aruch and inside the, inside the Poskim. But they went to Pompeii some time back, and they measured the eggs in Pompeii because, as you understand, Pompeii was a people who were having breakfast at the time when the volcano erupted. And there was people sitting there eating eggs and eggs were in the egg cups or on the table. And they through the lava, they could actually see the exact size of the eggs in the time in the Roman times. Pompeii was in Roman times just after the Chubim. So they measured them and they worked out that the eggs then are almost identical to the eggs today. They haven't changed the size at all. They discovered recently a, a real egg. They excavated and they, the archaeologists discovered a real egg from the time of Chazal, which is again was almost identical size to the eggs that we have today, which would seem to be a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a proof to the side of the Chaim No and those who say that eggs haven't changed in size. But as I said to you, that doesn't practically make much difference because halakhically we have to work with the poskim, not with what seems to be the reality on the ground. And we'll come back to the practical halakh in a moment. But that brings us to, to the beginning of the difficulties when it comes to, when it comes to the size of any measurement that Chazal give us. Is that size identical to the size of Chazal where the basis of the size is an egg? Is it identical to the eggs in the time of Chazal and therefore we have to work with, with the eggs as we have today? Or do we say our eggs have become smaller in size, they've halved actually in size, and the size that Chazal were talking about is double the size of our eggs, which makes a huge difference practically. That's with reference to where Chazal, Chazal mentioned eggs. Then we have a, a another measurement which Chazal gave, which you mentioned before, and that's a, a zayis, an olive. Something which needs the shear of a kazayis, an olive. It's going to be the shear of an olive. So all food, all eating is the shear of an olive. Now, exactly what the size of an olive isn't clear. And that, again, is Chazal doesn't give us any other definition and any other amounts other than the, but other than telling us that the amount is an olive. There is, however, a discussion in the Rishonim. What is the size of an olive? Some say the size of an olive is the size of half an egg. 
Some say the size of an olive is the size of a third of an egg, even smaller, third of an egg. But that's not in Chazal, that's only in Tesfus and in the Rambam, that they try to equate the size of an olive to an egg and balance what's the size of an olive in, in conjunction and compared to the size of an egg. So they tell us it's half an egg or a third of an egg. But that's not in Chazal. So when Chazal tell us the size of an olive, of, of an olive, what do I do? Do I measure olives nowadays? And I don't care if it matches eggs or doesn't match eggs because the matching of the eggs, the measuring of an olive by using eggs doesn't, is not explicit in Chazal. It's only in Tosfos and in the Rambam. So I don't care. All I want to look at is the olive today. Or do I say no? Since it's an olive in the time of Chazal. So the olive that we're talking about is the olive in the time of Chazal. Now, the olive in the time of Chazal, we know is either half an egg or a third of an egg. And if it is an olive in the time of Chazal, and therefore it's either half an egg or a third of an egg, which size egg are we talking about? Are we talking about the size egg that we have today? Or are we following in the Slach's opinion on the Chazanish and the Gon, etc., that the eggs have halved? So if Tashtus tells us that the olive in the time of Chazal was the size of half an egg, that would mean in today's terms the size of a whole egg. And if the Rambam tells us it's the size of a third of an egg, an olive in the time of Chazal, then today it would be the size of two-thirds of an egg. It will be doubled in size. So in effect, we end up with a three-way machlekes here. What is the shear of a kezayis? There are many opinions in the Ge'onim, down to the Gon, Chaim Velozhina, Chazanish, who held that you measure an olive in today's terms. You take the average size of an olive. And I don't think it means little olives that we find in the in the jars, they're not the real olives. They're, they're, they're taken off a tree very small so they can pickle them and, and sell them. But the average size of an olive, you have to go and find the size of an average olive nowadays with the pip inside. That's the size of an olive that we need to use to measure whenever Chazal say the amount you need to eat is the size of an olive. Many Paskim, Mishnah Brewer and others disagree. And they say the size of an olive means the size of an olive in the time of Chazal. It doesn't mean the, time, the size of an olive today. And therefore you have to measure it as the Rambam and as Tesis do versus the egg in conjunction with the egg. And therefore it's going to make a difference. According to Reb Chaim no, it'll be a half an egg or a third of an egg. And according to the Chaznish, it'll be a, according to the Tzlach, it'll be an egg or two thirds of an egg. Which will make a huge difference practically in the size you need to eat to enable you to make a bracha. So let's just recap that so we get practically, we understand what, what, what the position is. According to the extreme most lenient position, the amount you need to eat nowadays is a size which equals an average olive of today's olives. The fact that in the time of Chazal they were slightly bigger is irrelevant to me. It may be irrelevant. I have to measure an olive in today's terms, and that's the size of the olive that we're referring to. That's quite a small amount. And we'll give you exact amounts in volume, and we'll try and give you in weight as well a little bit later. That's the smallest amount. The next share would be that we have to take an olive as it was in the time of Chazal. And we know that the olive in the time of Chazal is measured against the egg, according to Tasis and the Rambam. And then the smallest share of that would be taking eggs today as being the same size as the eggs in the time of Chazal. And therefore, a third of an egg would be the amount I would need to eat, which is more than an average olive today, but it's not such a large amount. It's a third of an egg would be the amount I would need to eat in order to be able to make a brachach rain, in order to say bichas hamosn. We can then move up to Taisa's opinion, and we can say that an olive is the same as it was in the time of Chazal, not a modern-day olive, but a Chazal olive. 
and it's measured against the egg, but Tosis gives it as half an egg. And we'll keep the egg size at the same, same egg size as it was in the time of Chazal. And then it would end up that I need to eat half an egg in modern eggs in order to be able to bench. But it doesn't stop there. But there's more views. Because it could be that the olive is the same olive as it was in the time of Chazal. And it needs to be measured against the egg. But the egg has changed its size, as we discussed, according to the Tzlach and many others. The egg has, has become niskatan. Niskatan habitsim has become halved in size. And therefore, an olive really is the size of, according to the Rambam, two-thirds of an egg, or according to Tosis, a whole egg. And therefore, we now have a real dilemma in front of us. How much do I need to eat in order to enable me to say Birchus HaMozen? Is it just a, an average egg, an average olive that we have today? Is it a third of a modern-day egg? Is it half a modern-day egg? Or is it two-thirds of a modern-day egg? Or is it a whole modern-day egg? What is the amount that I need to eat in order to be able to say Birchus HaMozen? And that is a huge halachic dilemma. And I think you begin to understand why Shi'urim is so complex, because it it's it, the range is so is so huge. And what is the what did Chazal mean when Chazal said you have to eat a kabetz? You have to eat a kazais. Well, the same problem would be when Chazal said you have to eat a kabetz. That it, it becomes very difficult to know practically what to do. So. In order to avoid a Sophic brachas, in order to get out of a problem of a Sophic brachas, which we normally say Sophic brachas l'hakil, that's our normal approach to brachas, that we only make a bracha when we're confident that the scenario that we find ourselves in obligates us to make a bracha. When we're not confident, then we say Sophic brachas l'hakil. So in this situation of trying to say brachas amazon, when, how much should I be eating? So we're going to have to create an amount that actually fits almost everybody. That gives us confidence that what we're doing is the correct shear, at least to count as many, many opinions as possible. And therefore, ideally, one shouldn't be saying a birchus amazon, and then unless one eats a amount of challah that equates to two thirds of a modern day egg. And I'll explain to you why we've come to that conclusion. So if you eat an amount of challah or an amount of food that equates to a two thirds of a modern day egg, that means a displacement of two thirds of a modern day egg. So you, it's very hard to work that out with challah because you can't put challah in water to displace the water because it'll just absorb it. But that volume of challah is the amount that one should be eating in order to be considered a kazayas according to as many opinions as possible so that we can be confident that we're not entering into a sophic brocha and you can then say birchus hamazon comfortably. How do we get to two thirds of an egg? And I'll explain to you because according to the First opinion, anything which is the size of an average olive, you can make a birch on. Two-thirds of an egg is for sure beyond an average olive. It's for sure beyond an average olive. According to Ibn Chaim Noah, that eggs today and eggs in the time of, in time of Chazal are the same, then half an egg, which is the most strict view in this, in how much a kazais is, in, when you measure kazais against the egg in, in the time of Chazal, then a half egg today is also considered perfect, ample size for you to be able to make birchus hamazon. So by by being careful on two thirds of an egg, we've definitely included the opinion of the the olive of modern day olives, because that's less than two thirds of an egg. We've also included the opinion of Chaim Noah according to the strict view of what an olive is versus an egg, which is half an egg, and today's half an egg is therefore included in two thirds of an egg. But even if we are worried that our eggs have been halved. Two-thirds of an egg does give me the Rambam's view 
of an olive versus an egg. It doesn't give me Tyson's view, but give you the Rambam's view. So I've more or less included as many opinions as I can. I've missed out one, one or two odd ones here and there. That's fine. I've covered as many opinions as I can. And therefore two thirds of an egg is, is really the right amount that person can comfortably say that he's eaten enough to say Bechasamazan. If somebody has a minig to say Bechasamazan on less than that, on half a modern, on half, half, half an egg today, fine. Keep your minute. I'm not here to to change a person's minute. You've got plenty to rely on. If somebody says to me he has a minute that anything which is equal to a modern day zayis, I say bichas a mazanon, I'll say to you, fine. Your minute is your minute. You follow your minute. We're discussing if we don't have a minute, which is the bulk of us, we don't have a messiah on how much we need to eat in order to say bichas a mazanon. It's not something that's been passed down from generation to generation, unfortunately. We lost so much of the messiah during the war unfortunately, that we don't really know what our grandfathers and great-grandfathers did. Therefore, if we don't have Messiah and we want to make sure that we cover as many of the opinions as possible, then two-thirds of an egg is the perfect size for Bichas Muslim. Anything less than that, anything above um, um, uh, an average olive today and two-thirds of an egg today is a Sophic Brocha. And one should really try and avoid that scenario as much as possible. Either eat less than a kazais of a modern-day olive, or eat more than two-thirds of an egg. But anything in between is you're putting yourself in the Sophic Brocha. Why put yourself in the Sophic Brocha? If you feel that you're going you're gonna to eat less than, two, than two-thirds of, of an egg size, eat a little bit more. Make sure you have two-thirds of an egg, and then you can bench. You can say Bichsamozen without any Svekas whatsoever. I'm going to give you in grams the the amounts of a kazais, according to the opinion that it's a, a modern-day olive. It's not grams, sorry. I'm going to give it to you in volume, because primarily when we when we talk about sure and we talk about volume, we don't talk about weights. I will give you the weights a bit later, in a few moments. But let's talk about volume. In, in, a, in a volume, in today's terms, a volume of a kazais, according to the most lenient view, which is a modern-day average olive, is roughly six centimeters cubed. So if you have a square of six centimeters cubed of bread, according to that opinion, you would need to make a bichas hamazon. But that's a, a most lenient opinion. That's an opinion you can follow only if you have a messiah, if you have a minute to follow that opinion. The contrary of Chaim Na, which is half an egg, half an egg is roughly 25.6 centimeters cubed. So you're talking about quite a small Quite a small, um, quite a small area, 25.6. And, and the, the larger, the two thirds is, is, okay, two thirds is a little bit more than that. It works out to, to around about 38. 38. So that means any displacement of six mil of liquid or displacement of 25.6 mil of liquid is of Chaim. No, 6 mil is the smallest shear. 25.6 is the is the next shear. And the Kunta the Tzach, it works out to roughly about 38 mil of displacement. That's the amount that a person can make a, a brocher on. So ideally, it should be 38. If one has a minute, one can go down to 25. But you must remember, these are the exact amounts. When a person eats some of the food will get stuck in his teeth. So you won't actually be eating a full kazais. So you need to add a little bit more to the shear to make sure that you've actually eaten a full kazais. And the smallest shear is, is, is six centimeters. I'm going to give you the, the same would apply when it comes to 
mitzvahs matzah on Leo Pesach. Now we've discussed this a number of times in Shul on Shabbos HaGadol. How much matzah does one need to eat in order to be able to fulfill a mitzvah's matzah? On, on the night of Pesach, you need to eat a kezais, or you need to eat lechatchila two kezaisim, but definitely one kezais for matzah. So according to the the highest, the largest share, you need to eat 28.5 grams of matzah. If you want to have two kibetzim, you would, you wouldn't have the two of the largest share. You'd need to be something between 32 and 35 grams of matzah. That's in weight because the average weight of, of flour for bread and, and for matzah is the same. And the, 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 many people have done the test to work out what the average weight would be. So if a person finds it hard to, to, to work out what the average the average uh, volume of a matzah is, but you can work it out by weight, you can work it out by volume. 28.5 grams of matzah is the chaznish, is the tzlach, is the highest, the biggest share of a kazayas. If you want to have two kazayasim, it's 32 to 35 grams. The Rebchaim Nal share is about 16.5 grams. And if you want the the smallest shear is roughly about 11, 11 grams of matzah. So we're, we're talking about from the smallest shear, 11 grams, 16.5 grams for, for them, for Chaim No, and roughly 28.5 grams for Kazais, for the Chaznish, for the Tzlach, for the largest shear. Now, the Mishnah Baruch does tell us that when it comes to a Dereisa, one should try and be Machmi for the largest shear. When it comes to Drabonon, you can be Makel for the, for the middle shear, for the shear of Chaim No. He doesn't allow us to be Makel on the smallest shear ever. So only if you have a minute can you be slamming on the smaller shear. So when it comes to matzah, you should be eating 28.5 grams minimum, which is roughly just be, just less than a half a matzah, a machine matzah. If you take a half a machine matzah and you take the size of the half a machine matzah, it's roughly, sorry, it's, 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 it's roughly just under a, a, a full matzah. 28.5 grams is just under a full matzah. It's, uh, two thirds of a matzah, somewhere around there. Reb Chaim Zanar, 16.5 grams is just under a half a matzah. It's roughly just under half a matzah. And if a person can eat a, a whole matzah for Achilles matzah, he's then eaten a sheer chazanish or the sheer of the tzlach, and he's definitely had two kizayim of the sheer of the Yerbchaim no, and that's sufficient, that's fine. When it comes to Afrikaimen, one should also eat lachatchele two kizayim, but one doesn't need to eat two full kizayim, so only drabanon, so you can eat a kizayim of, of Yerbchaim no, which is 16 grams, but if you want to eat two kizayim, then you can eat two kizayim of the smallest sheer, which is 11 grams, so if a person eats 21, 22 grams of matzah, he's absolutely fine, that's again just about half a matzah of a machine matzah, just over half a machine matzah, and that will be sufficient for Afrikaimen too. Kayach, which is a drabonon, and you only need one kazais, 16 grams, so under half a matzah is perfectly sufficient. So it gives us a bit of an understanding in the different opinions here, how much is considered a kazais, what's not considered a kazais. The largest shear is about 28.5 grams. The middle shear is 16.5 grams. Smallest shear is 11 grams. For the rice, we go for the highest shear. For drabonon, we go for the middle shear. And for Afikoim, which is more a minig than, than, than uh, Chiv, it's a Chiv Afikoim, but it's really uh, not a big Chiv. Therefore, we can, we can rely on the smaller share in regards to the two Kazesim. We can have 22 grams of two kaze, of, of 11, of 11 grams, of two Kazesim of 11 grams, and that's sufficient for Afikoim, which gives you a little bit of a background to what the Sheikh Kazais is necessary for Leil Seder. The same applies for food. A person eats bread. If he's eating a, just under half a matzah, 
I would say just over a third of a matzah, he's mechuyt to say birchas hamazon. That's really kizayis. Uh, if if you want to eat a little bit more than that, if you, half a matzah would be enough to say birchas hamazon. Uh, same with in the bread, the amount that you need to eat for bread is very small. It's not a large amount. In in the two two thirds of a modern day egg is not a huge amount of of bread, and therefore it's it's less than a challah roll. Definitely the chalorahs we buy in the shop is less than that. Quite, quite, quite a bit smaller than that. I don't know exactly whether it's half or a third or whatever it is. But a small amount, it's not a huge amount. And then already a person's mchuyiv to say bichas hamozen. When it comes to morrow, the lettuce in morrow, the, the size of a lettuce which fits the volume of a kazais, even a Chaim Noz kazais, is, is quite a large lettuce. So if you take a romaine lettuce, you're talking about one of the outer leaves. That's the size of a kazais of, of lettuce for, for morrow. Um, if you add some chorein to it, if you minimize the chorein, then you can minimize the size of the lettuce. But the average lettuce, depending on the thickness of the stem and the, and the thickness of the of the leaf, but if you take one of the outer leaves, you're talking about a leaf of about 30, 35 centimeters with about 14 centimeters across the widest part. That's roughly the size of a kazais when it comes to romaine lettuce for morrow. Different, different lettuces, if you use an iceberg lettuce, it'll have... Different size because the density, the, the density of the lettuce is different, of the leaves are different, and therefore there'll be changes depending on what type of leaf you're using. But that gives us a bit of a background to, to what's the amount of shear, the, the amount of a kazayas, the three different shearim and a kazayas. Do we measure kazayas in, in comparison to modern day zesim? Do we use chazal zesim? And if we use Chazal Zesim, then we can compare it to eggs as Tasis and the Rambam does, but we don't know, does that mean a half an egg or a third of an egg? And then we have a problem, we don't know what the size of an egg today is, is the same as the egg in Chazal, or is it different to that time, is it a different size to the egg in the time of Chazal, is have our eggs halved in size, and therefore everything that we've discussed in comparison to eggs, we have to double, and therefore that gives us a three different practical shurim when it comes to a shear of a kazais, and therefore the rices were machmi, we go for the highest shear, and the rabbonons, we can be makel, we go for a chaim's nosh, chaim's nosh shear, that means the rices we take on the, an egg is halved, and therefore we double everything, in the rabbonons we can stick to chaim's nosh, which means the egg is the same size as it is today, and therefore we end up with those different shurim as we've mentioned just now. The shear of a kazais is measured, when I'm measuring my bread, I'm measuring the shear of kazais without any, any air. Now, it doesn't mean without any air at all. Sometimes you can have a, a bread which has large, particularly if you have sourdough bread, you'll see there's large air holes inside it. The, the, these, the, these are the holes that uh, are created through the fermentation of the, of the dough. And the, the bigger the holes, the better the bread is supposed to be. But those holes can't be included in the shear of a kazais because they're just holes. But the small holes, which are part of bread and very much part of the makeup of the bread, these are the much, the very small holes because bread is airy. They can be included according to many poskim. There are other poskim which say they can't be included. But the halacha one can be made and include the basic small holes or air holes that are inside food, but the larger air holes can't be included in the size of a kazais. So when you're measuring the volume of bread, for example, you will have to remove the the air holes. So if you take a whole sourdough bread, it might not be the volume is not correct because when you open up, you're going to see loads of large large holes inside. Or even plain bread, if it depends which bakery you go to. Sometimes they they sell your bread and half the bread is missing. It's got a nice hole right there through the middle of the bread. That's the way it baked. Then that that doesn't add to the volume of the bread. You've got to remove that area and you have to squash the hole as if the hole's not there and then you can begin to measure the volume. Small holes can be included in the, in the shear.
So that gives us a bit of an understanding of the, the share of the kazais. Let's talk a little bit for a few minutes about the share of drink. The share of drink for bracha achreina, for bracha rishayna, we said, any size drink, any small amount, you have to make a bracha. The bracha achreina is a big machlekis in the poskim. Does one make a bracha achreina on a kazais, equivalent to a kazais, or do we make a bracha achreina on the equivalent to a revis? Again, sophic brachas l'hakil. Therefore, we try and avoid making a bracha achreina on a drink when we just drink the, the, the amount of a kazais. We really need to drink the amount of a revis. Now, a revis is definitely measured by eggs because we mentioned earlier that chazal measure the size of revis by eggs. Everybody agrees to that. No one will say revis is measured by anything else other than eggs. We need to know the size of an egg. And therefore, since we don't know the size of an egg, has our eggs halved in size from the eggs of the time of Chazal? Or, or, do our, or, or are our eggs the same size as the eggs in the time of Chazal? And therefore, we end up with two opinions in the size of a revis. Is the size of a revis a size of one and a half eggs nowadays? Or is the size of, of revis three eggs nowadays? If it's one and a half eggs nowadays, then it's 86 mil would be Reb Chaim Nolshir. That's one and a half eggs, roughly 86 mil. The same gematria as the word kois, kois being a cup. Chaf vav samach is 86 mil. That's the Reb Chaim Nolshir, round about 86 mil. It's, it's all a give and take a little bit. That's the average amount, that's Reb Chaim Nolshir of a revis. If you're going to take the slach shir that our eggs have halved, then we have to double that amount. And it ends up roughly, it's not quite double, but it ends up roughly being 150 mil, which is a gematria of kois hogan. Kois hogan. Very unclear. Again, we'll follow the Mishnah Baruch. The Mishnah will tell us for the Raisa, you should make sure you follow the Slach and take the larger share. And for Drabonon, you can take the smaller share. And Drabonon, you can take the smaller share. Dalad Kaisis on the night of Seder is a Drabonon. So technically, one can take a smaller share. Though it does say in the Poskim, that if one can, one should try and take the larger share for Hid the Mitzvah and try and become, fulfill the Mitzvah with the, even with the more stricter view. But one definitely can be makel on Dalit cases to 86 mil, uh, but you need to have a cup which holds 86 mil. If you have a cup which is larger than that, then you need to fill it all the way to the top because the case has to be molly, the case has to be full. So we've discussed so far the amounts of food that require brachachrena and the different ways of measuring the amounts. And we've discussed the amount of drink that one needs to drink in order to say brachachrena and the different ways of measuring the amount of drink. But there's another question at hand here, and that is, what time span does one need to eat this kazais or drink this revis in order to enable us to say a brachachrena? And as with all different types of shiurim, as we've discussed right way through this shir, this is also a huge discussion in the poskim. There are some poskim who say, when it comes to brachas, brachas anenin, there's no time. As long as you're eating and you're enjoying the food, there's absolutely fine. There's no time limit. As long as you haven't been Messiah Das, then you can still make a bracha achreina. No problem. So I can eat a small amount of bread, 10 minutes, a few minutes later, eat some more, some more bread, a few minutes later, eat some more bread, and that's fine. At the end, I'll still make my bracha achreina. Most Paskim, however, disagree with that. And most Paskim tell us that you have to eat a kazayas in the kadeh achilas pras. The amount of a kadeh achilas pras, of course, is also up for discussion. 
And that's a huge discussion in the Paschim. How much is the amount of an Achilas Pras, the size of a portion of bread? Is an Achilas Pras, it ranges from two minutes to nine minutes, somewhere between two minutes and nine minutes. The majority will will take on that it's between three and four minutes, around three to four minutes is a Achilas Pras. But there are those who say it's two minutes, and there are those who will make it all the way up until nine minutes. Lahalocha, what's the time frame of making eating exercise to, to enable us to make a bracha? We should really say Sophic Brachas Lahakil, and therefore we should say anything less than two minutes, anything more than two minutes is not considered Dachidas Pras. But since the majority of Paskim say three to four minutes, and there are opinions to say that in Brachas you can be makal even more than that, therefore most present day Paskim allow a person to eat a kazayas of bread or kazayas of any food within four minutes. And if you've eaten a kazayas of food within four minutes, then you can make a bichasamazan. If, however, you eat slowly and you take a long time over your, your challah, you're busy catching up with the news uh, over the table, you eat a, a small bite and then you schmooze and then you have another bite. And by the time you finish a kazayas, it's, it's more than four minutes. You cannot say bichasamazan because you haven't fulfilled the criteria of most of the poskim that you need to eat your kazayas in a kaday, achilas pras, in the amount it takes to eat a pras, which, according to them, and according to the halacha, is roughly four minutes. When it comes to Leil Seder, when it comes to Pesach night, you want to become a Mitzvah Dereisa of Achilles Matzah, so you also should be eating it today, Achilles Pras. That Kezayis should be eaten in the amount it takes to eat a Pras, which, according to some, is two minutes, and according to others, is three, four minutes, all the way to nine minutes. Ideally, we're talking about Dereisa, and here we don't have the Added opinion that you can take as long as you like, because we're talking about the mitzvah achila, the raisa of mitzvah achila's matzah, and it's very possible that you have to eat it with the achila's pras. And therefore, ideally, if one can, one should eat the kazais in two minutes. If one can't, one can definitely eat it up until four minutes. If one can't, one should eat it six minutes. If you can't, then you eat it to nine minutes, because then you've at least covered the shitters that the achila's pras is nine minutes. But if somebody wants to try and be strict and fulfill the deraisa and the biblical command according to as many opinions as possible, he should try and Finish a kazais, which is not a large amount, as we've explained before. Kazais is even the, the, the a large share can be half a matzah, just under half a matzah, very easy to eat in two minutes. If one can't, one's got up to four minutes, that's fine, because that's the basic shit of most Rishainim, of most Achrainim. But even if one can't do that, one can stretch it to six minutes and then to nine minutes if one is incapable of doing it quicker than that. That's the amount of time that one needs to eat a kezais within in order to be able to say a bracha achreina. How long does one have to drink in order to say a bracha achreina? We know that you need to drink a revias to say a bracha achreina, but how, in, in what time frame do you need to drink your revias to enable you to say a bracha achreina? And that is, again, a machlekes. Some say you also have kadeachidus pras, which is two minutes, Three, four minutes, six minutes, nine minutes. But some say it's got to be the shear of Kadei Shtias Revis, the amount of time it takes to drink a Revis. Now, when we talk about the amount of time it takes to drink a Revis, I can't give you a time for it because I don't know what the time is, but it means to hold a cup in your hand and drink as one would in one go, not in one gulp, but in one go, the cup slowly, not fast, drinking slowly the cup, not taking the cup away from your mouth and putting it down and then drinking, just holding the cup there and drinking constantly in one drinking motion, though you may be taking many, many sips and you're making many gulps, but it's one drinking motion of a revise. How many seconds exactly that is, I don't really know, but it's far less than the Kedachi Despras and it's far less than two minutes.
So if one drank a Kadesh Dias Revis, one can say a Bracha If one didn't drink a Kadesh Dias Revis, then one can't say a Bracha If one drank 86 mil of drink, according to Chaim No, that's a Shtias Revis. According to Chaim No, you need to make a Bracha. According to the Chazanish and the Slach, you only make a Bracha on 150 mil. If you drank 86 mil within the time frame it takes to drink 86 mil, you need to make a bracha. You can't make a bracha. Is that sophic bracha's lahakil? Some person will tell you, don't make a bracha until you drank 150, 150 mil. In the time frame of, maybe here we can be makel and say in the time frame of, of Kadeh Achilles Pras, because I've definitely drank it, Kadeh Shtiyas Revis of 86 mil. And I've got the opinion of Kadeh Achilles Pras, so maybe then I can Add the two together and allow me to say bracha chayna. But many poskim will tell you, and this was many grushalayim, that you can rely on chayim no lechatchila, and you can make a bracha chayna on 86 mil, no problem. Again, if a person has a minig, make a bracha chayna on 86 mil. If you don't have a minig, only make a bracha on 150 mil, but you can give yourself a little bit more time. You can give yourself up to four minutes on 150 mil, as long as you drank 86 mil in the shir, in the time frame of drinking 86 mil. So the first 86 mil, or the last 86 mil, you drink within the time frame of those few seconds it takes to drink a reverse of 86 mil. The fact that the 150 mil took you a little bit longer, we can be, we can rely on those opinion, those opinions that say you have up until therefore you can still make a bracha achreina. It's complicated and I hope I'm being as clear as I can. We'll just discuss one more point and we'll leave the rest for tonight because I think it's been complicated enough and it's late and we're getting close to Pesach and close to Purim. And we'll finish off just with one last more, one more, one more piece of discussion. And that is when one drinks a tea and a coffee. Drinking hot tea and drinking hot coffee, does that fall into the same parameters, the same category as normal drink? Or do we say no? Since a person drinks his tea and coffee over a long period of time because it's hot and he wants to savor the hot drink and he drinks a small sip and he puts it down and drinks another sip, that's the normal way of drinking a coffee. Do we say therefore the time frame for coffee is longer than it is for a normal drink? Or do we say no? A drink's a drink. And as long as it's a drink, you have to drink it within the time frame of a Kadesh Dias Revis, which is almost impossible when it comes to a hot coffee. Therefore, there are many Paskim, who, many Gedolim who are careful with this, and therefore would drink the hot coffee halfway, and then leave a Revis to cool, and then drink the Revis, the last Revis, the last 86 mil or last 150 mil, to be drunk lukewarm so they could drink it in one go in the time frame of a Kadesh Tiyas Revis and then they will be able to make a bracha without any question. There are many Paskim who believe that since tea and coffee is meant to be drank slowly you can still say if you drank a tea and coffee in the normal time frame of a person drinking a tea and coffee. Of course if you started your tea and then you got carried away with your share or you got carried away with your work and you, or your conversation and you forgot about it, even if you didn't forget about it, but you didn't drink it within the time frame that a normal person drinks the tea and coffee, then you can't make a bracha. But the many Paskim say that if you drank it within a normal time frame of drinking tea and coffee, you can still make a bracha by nefashas afterwards. And again, that's something that depends on the minute. If you have been brought up, always just say by nefashas on a tea and coffee, even though it's taking you a lot longer than it would normally take to drink a Kadesh Tiyas Revius, one can Make a bar because that's your minute. If you haven't, then don't make a bar and in a coffee unless you leave enough to be, to enable yourself to drink a revius in, uh, in the amount of time it takes to drink a revius. You've allowed it to cool. Then you can make a bar and afterwards, but otherwise refrain from making bar That's how the Mishnah Baruch Paskins, and that's how many people today, since the Mishnah Baruch Paskins like that, that's how many people take on. There are many, many Paskins who disagree with that. 
but it depends on your minik. And if you don't have a minik, we follow the sack of the Mishnah Brewer and we only make a bracha on a shtias revius. On a shtias revius. I'm going to stop here because it's late. Uh, there's a little bit more relevant to this, but it's not integral to the subject matter. So we can leave that for now. But we will be coming back in two weeks' time, tonight, two weeks, Monday, two weeks, where we will discuss our pre-Pesach shit. And uh, we will go through some halachas of Pesach. I know it's lockdown, and the lockdown is not finished. Even on the 8th of March, it's not going to be finished. So Pesach is still technically within the uh, confines of lockdown. And lockdown creates stress. Stress means... Pesach preparation goes a little bit more difficult. We'll try our best to make Pesach preparation as easy as possible so that you don't feel the stress of the lockdown and you can actually come to Pesach a little bit more relaxed and with a bit more of a positive attitude towards Pesach. We'll try and do that next week. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy. Have a very enjoyable Purim, a very little Purim, keeping within the guidelines, keeping everybody safe, keeping yourself safe, keeping everybody else safe. Do everything you can to protect everybody, but still have a very enjoyable Purim. Don't, Purim is not a time to be depressed, it's a time to be positive, it's a time to be happy, a time to be marvelous as best as we can within the circumstances. Uh, we've given you some ideas before in our letter that we wrote to the shul uh, last week, but you can, a person can use their own, their own imagination and their own uh, understanding of how to approach Purim safely. Do that, enjoy Purim, and let's hope this Purim brings a, a new chiddush of light. We should all be healthy. We should see the end of this terrible pandemic and the Gula, the Karev Mamish. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a really, really good night.